Welcome to Freedom Fanatics, a production of the Freedom Advocacy Network. This show is every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook. Each week, we discuss the latest fan content with authors and creators right here. My name is Solon, and today I'm joined by Harman and Alex. Thank you guys for being on the show today, and I think we can get straight into it. Right now, we're looking at our explainer video, which releases every Monday, and this week's one is titled, Stop Racial Indoctrination in Schools. Let's have a watch. Some schools in South Africa are pressuring students into accepting a worldview called Critical Race Theory, CRT. According to CRT, the most important thing about you is your race and that your prospects in life are determined by the color of your skin. It teaches us that white people are racist and that black people can only succeed if white people let them. In short, the teachings of CRT state that you're either bad if you're white or weak if you're not white. Many schools have made CRT part of official school policy, hiring so-called experts to ensure that CRT ideas dominate what should be open learning environments. This is not surprising. Most universities in South Africa train teachers to accept a theory of education called critical pedagogy. This theory says that the role of a teacher is first and foremost to bring about radical social change. Teachers are being trained to become activists, to use schools as vehicles to spread harmful ideas like CRT. This is very different from the common sense idea that the role of a teacher is not only to impart knowledge, but to equip students to use reason and evidence to think for themselves. However, CRT activists consider reason and evidence as tools used to build up white people while breaking down everyone else. Therefore, if a student tries to question the ideas of CRT, they're accused of racism. Accept CRT or else. Not only is it immoral for a school to force a particular set of values on children behind their parents' backs, but these particular set of values divide students by race and teaches them that being offended is a mark of virtue. If South Africans don't stand together to stop this, this indoctrination will produce children who are fragile and unable to think for themselves, making them ill-equipped to become productive members of society. Your freedom is worth fighting for. Join FAN today to build a new tomorrow. Yeah, so we just watched our explainer video which deals with the um, racial indoctrination that's happening on our schools, primary schools, high schools, and on our university campuses. Alex, Alex, for those of you who are not yet informed about critical race theory, can you just provide a quick explanation of what it is? Sure. So the critical race theory is a, is a study that looks at the world through the lens of race and uh, so racial and social justice and how that permeates through society. Um, and it essentially it's not um, how, is, does racism occur, it's how does it occur. Um, uh, but yeah, I think Herman, Herman might be a bit more clued up on, on the, the, the workings of it. Yeah, so I, th I think the core that, that the point that you make uh, and that you really sum it up is that it's not, is there racism? It is, there is racism. How is it manifest? And I think that's a very toxic point to depart from. And it comes from the three basic pillars of CRT. And I don't think it's contentious to say these. I think, you know, in the best faith, these are the basic building blocks of CRT. Number one, racial identity 
is absolutely core to your identity, perhaps dominant more than any other consideration. Number two, white people are inherently part of a worldwide oppressive system that, number three, oppresses all non-white people. So I'm not trying to load the discussion in one way or another. I think people can listen to those three points and judge for themselves whether it's a good way to look at think, uh, things. Assuming racism and then assuming those three things, I don't think it's healthy. And I think most people would probably agree with me that that's not the way to go about building a country and teaching kids. Yeah, and these things are not really as abstract as they might sound. So, Alice, can you maybe even pre provide us with um, an, an example of what inspired the video to be made? Yeah, sure. So, some colleagues of ours have been approached, and even uh, colleagues of ours have had kids in schools who have been faced with, with uh, the way that uh, CRT is sort of infiltrating their school and, and uh, you know, pl playing in their, their school, their children's lives. And, you know, uh, that, that could be from having uh, diversity trainers, um, unconscious bias um, sort of sessions, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and that, that's the kind of thing that we, we're seeing in schools. And uh, we've been approached by parents to say, you know, like something's wrong here. We can't really, it seems off, uh, but we can't really tell, tell what's going on. Um, and, and the thing is, because of, because of it, because of the whole oppressive victim narrative, um, that what's happening is, particularly in South Africa's elite schools, um, you know, it's these, these pangs of guilt. And so it, it, it like, it, it, it permeates through from the children through to the parents. Um, and, you know, it, that's what we try to do in this video is to show that, you know, some of the tenets of this idea um, is about completely undermining the whole value of reason and evidence in equipping children to tackle the world uh, once, once they, they graduate. Yeah. I don't know, when children are in school, eh, they are developing and they are forming their identity, finding their place in the world. And this is a period where children are very vulnerable to this dangerous ideological indoctrination, especially on, on elite schools, as Alex has mentioned. Maybe just give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, so I think the most dangerous uh, place for, for CRT and, and being promoted by critical pedagogy, this idea that teachers shouldn't teach, they should you know, be activists pushing uh, not how to think, but specific types of thinking, um, is very, very dangerous, especially in high school. Um, I, I think every, every parent would agree with me that there's a there's a, a rebel inside every teenager, or perhaps there should be, um, and and oftentimes that sort of rebelliousness, um, it, 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 it's part of growing up. It's part of how how you see yourself in the world. But what CRT in high schools, I think, is really doing that's very dangerous is taking genuine grievances, genuine concerns, combining it with this rebelliousness of the teenage spirit and then pushing that not just as this is how you might look at problems now or how you feel now this isn't a phase you're going through this is how the world is and if you don't think so you're a racist the problem is that we shouldn't be overly paranoid about crt i don't think it hides under our beds or in every closet and the elite schools point is a crucial one. There where people have good schools, have good teachers, have food, have homes and a good shot at a future, 
that's where we see the sort of, I hate to say it, first world problem CRT kind of thinking emerging. I mean, these are some of the richest schools in the country named after gospels and parents of Christ. And they are now coming and saying, uh, you know, our yacht club might have to have a racial inclusivity agenda. Then I'm just like, yeah, a yacht club, listen to yourselves. I mean, are you going to have a protest on the polo, your, the polo lawn or are you going to shave Black Lives Matter into the mane of your horse? It's just we have to get real about what actually is the problem here. And the danger with CRT is it takes a very, very sensitive, rebellious phase that should be healthy and sets it up as a dangerous trajectory for the rest of life. Sure, yeah. if I could just add, I think the one thing just to bear in mind is, like we mentioned in, in the, the, the explainer video before this one, sort of outlining what CRT is, we, we, the, the uh, CRT thinking, making race centered to everything, it permeates through public policy in South Africa and it has done so for the last 20 years. You know, we've got things like BEE, um, we've got race-based policies. And so this is, it, it, it's, it's the same sort of ideas and we're not unfamiliar to these, but you know, it's really, really creepy when you start, in, like when you start teaching kids that this is how you think. Um, and it's, it's just gonna, it's gonna set out, set us up for, for disaster. Um, so it is, it is a, 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 a private school, elite school problem, but we're not unfamiliar to this kind of thinking in South Africa. Yeah. Thank you guys for your insight and your perspective on this. And to our viewers, don't forget our explained videos are released every Monday and can be found on all our social media platforms. So check out our Facebook page, Freedom Advocacy Network. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Badge of Liberty. And turn on your post notifications so that you can receive our latest content immediately the moment it gets released. So up next, we will be looking at an article which was written by Arman, and it mentions four realistic ideas that will make South Africa better immediately. So Arman, South Africans have endured many challenges, which includes dangerous unemployment levels, power cuts, and increased crime. We need solutions now. Provide us with ideas you have identified as realistic solutions. Yeah, so when when one writes an article like this, you, it, it wasn't supposed to be, ah, oh, this is the blueprint for the future of South Africa. It's just looking at the problems we face now and looking at solutions and ideas that can work now. Um, and that's why the word immediately is so important. So if we look at what are the challenges around us currently, we must look at the you know massive elephantine virus in the room, COVID-19. And we must look at the failure of getting vaccines to South Africans. We're behind Afghanistan. We're behind Zimbabwe. Uh, you know, and, and somehow the government blames this on vaccine apartheid. Meanwhile, no, it's just the government making it very, very difficult for anyone other than the government to buy and distribute vaccines. I know of mining companies who wanted to uh, acquire vaccines and in, 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 uh, not indoctrinate and vaccinate um, their whole workforce. That would have immediately helped thousands of people but government is standing in the way. So challenge we face, COVID solution idea immediately, get more people involved. Number two, it's expensive to do business because it's expensive to hire people these days. I've got a lot of time for the minimum wage argument. I think being exploited is horrible. We don't want to go back to the nonsense of, you know, the 18th and 19th centuries where the workers have absolutely, they're just, I mean, sheep that, that are just cattle driven to produce things. But sometimes you have to make 
you know, the call that people on the ground in those circumstances have a better understanding of what should happen. And that's why I make the point that, you know, let's keep the minimum wage, but give individual people looking for jobs the opportunity to opt out, to say, I'd rather have a job with a paycheck rather than no job and no paycheck. The real minimum wage is nada, and you can't legislate that away no matter how hard you try. Third, scrapping policies that make people scared to invest in South Africa. And the example I use there in the piece is if you are looking for a place to park your car, your asset, uh, your property, and you see a building with a banner over the entrance saying, you can park your stuff here, but management might give it away to someone. Will you drive into that vehicle you know, complex and say, ah, yes, that is where I will store my stuff? No. But that's what's happening with the South African economy. We've got this whole thing about changing the Bill of Rights for the first time to make property less secure in the, hand of its, in the hands of its owners. And yet somehow we are surprised that billions and billions and billions of rands are going out of the country and even more billions of rands aren't coming to this country when it can create jobs and actually make life better. And then the last thing is just how about scrapping policies that we know fail. BEE. Short, sweet facts. BEE has not made unemployment better in the country. It's been, become worse since BEE became policy. BEE has not improved black unemployment. Black unemployment has gotten worse since it became policy. There's no evidence that BEE has made the poor better off, but there's significant evidence that it's made a few cronies and a few cadres. Hmm, perhaps someone's called Cyril Ramaphosa very well off. Thank you very much. So while they live in privilege, the rest of South Africa are just in the drive through to poverty. So you're president for a day. Which of these policies you implement immediately? Top of the list. Yeah. Uh, well, firstly, I'd uh, hire people a lot smarter than me to and outsource the decision making. But I think the, the, the first thing would be protect property rights uh, yeah. whole, wholeheartedly. Um, it really is the foundation stone of every other principle that follows. Um, and so I think if you just stop the nonsense of, you know, talking about state custodianship, expropriation without compensation, um, and dig a bit deeper into the, the mechanics of that, which are failing and have been failing for the last uh, sort of 25, 26 years, um, I think, you know, you could solve the problem without compromising uh, people's ability to build up a future for themselves and destroy investor confidence. Yeah, such a good answer. So to our viewers in the comment section, let us know which of these ideas you consider to be most important, whether it's on Instagram or YouTube or even on Facebook. Just let us know. We will really like we will really be keen to see your um, answers. And so you guys, there you have it. Alternative solutions that are there for the taking and can be implemented immediately. You can find out all our written content on our website, freedomadvocacy.net. We will be able to read more about informative and interesting topics such as this. So now for our quote of the week by Ben Carson, a prominent American speaker and author, who was also the former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development in the United States, and he is a world-famous neurosurgeon. And in the quote, Carson says, we've been conditioned to think that only politicians can solve our problems, but at some point maybe we will wake up and recognize that it was politicians who created our problems. And when we consider the current state of the nation with COVID-19, lockdown, unemployment, we see that it's politicians who are creating problems and then they attempt to sell us the cure to these very problems. Herman, do you have any final thoughts? 
I think this quote sums up what FAN is about in, in so many ways. Um, empower, build, connect. And number one is empower. Make sure people have the knowledge, the insight, the exposure, the resources to become problem solvers in their own communities. Uh, and I think that's exactly the point Carson is making here. Yeah. So, guys, that is it for this episode of Freedom Fanatics. And don't forget to catch us every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook. To join fans, sign up at freedomadvocacy.net. And never forget, your freedom is worth fighting for.